Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so before we get started, I want to say that this case mentions self-harm and a brutal child death, so listener discretion is advised. I think we should start working on more crimes instead of murders. <laughs> more misery I'm instead kind of, of murders. tired of murders. Yeah. Especially of children. Yeah, this one, well... This one's a doozy. Um, Every week it's a doozy. I know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the nature of a true crime podcast, right? But, geez. I'll find some um, more lighthearted ones because I know there's a lot of um, my friends that I are need, like, like a bank robbery or something where nobody got hurt. True. Well, a lot of my friends are like, I want to listen to your podcast so bad, but I'm a big baby and I have nightmares. And I'm like, yeah, you might. Cause you I- might. <laughs> But I try, I try to do to do well with the trigger warnings. But yeah, no, I I think it helps me frame my prepare yourself so I know what I'm going into. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of tired of all the children deaths. Well, yeah, this one, Especially this one brutal children deaths. Yeah, this one's a, this one's a little different, and we'll okay. get into we'll how jump right in. Right here we go. So, um, this case takes place in St. Martin's, Missouri, which is a super small town about 10 minutes from Jefferson City. This is where Elizabeth Olton lived with her mom, Patricia Priest, and her two older siblings, Anthony and Stephanie. Elizabeth was born on December 15th of 1999 in Jefferson City. She was known to love music, horses, baking, and doing puzzles with her mom. Her favorite colors were purple and pink. She also was said to be a huge Hannah Montana and Taylor Swift fan. You can relate. With the Hannah Montana? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much T-Swifty, sorry. But, Hannah um, Montana, though, you used to be obsessed. Oh, yeah. To this day, I have not watched the last episode of I Hannah know. Montana. You can't let it end. I, yeah, I can't let it die. So, um, but yeah. So, she was said to be shy and kind, but loved playing with her friends. Elizabeth was nine years old and attending fourth grade at the time of this case, which was October 21st of 2009, which started as just your average Wednesday. Elizabeth had come home from school and was rehearsing her role in a school play that day that was happening soon. Her mom, Patty, was getting dinner ready. Around 5 p.m., Patty heard a knock on the door. She answered it to find that it was a six-year-old named Emma. Emma lived a few houses down and was friends with Elizabeth. Emma asked if Elizabeth could come outside and play with her, to which Patty initially said no, but when Emma and Elizabeth both started jumping up and down trying to change her mind, Patty said that she couldn't refuse and let Elizabeth go. But she did tell Elizabeth to come back in an hour. She said that Elizabeth was afraid of the dark, so this seemed like a pretty good plan because it would have been um, around the time of sundown, right before it, and the sun went down around 6.30. Once the sun had gone down and Elizabeth still hadn't returned, well past the time she was supposed to, her mom called her cell phone, which went straight to voicemail. 
This is when Patty went straight to calling Emma's house. Emma lived with her grandmother, Karen, but whenever Karen answered the phone, she said Elizabeth wasn't at her house and had never been at her house. But she did say that Emma was home. This is when Patty got a sick feeling deep in her stomach and immediately called the police at the Cole County Sheriff's Office to report Elizabeth as a missing child. Fifteen minutes later, police had arrived at Emma's house and questioned her grandmother, but this went nowhere. As she said before, Elizabeth never was at her house. By 10 o'clock that night, law enforcement had multiple departments and fire involved, as well as checkpoints set up all over the town, and there were hundreds of locals that were looking for Elizabeth. At the time, police said that there were no signs of foul play, However, Patty knew something was very wrong because Elizabeth wouldn't just disappear like that. What did Emma say? Well, they hadn't, at this point, they hadn't talked to Emma, which I find strange. I find that strange as well. Right. But I don't know if maybe there's like protocol, like talking to like a minor. They have to get some, well, you would think they would just be like, hey, uh, Karen, can we, I don't know. Yeah, ask Emma. Yeah, but at, at this point, or maybe they didn't, nobody said anything about it, but at this point, they had never officially, I guess I should say, at this point, they had never officially asked what happened. Okay. Patty continually called Elizabeth's cell phone, but it kept going straight to voicemail, and at one point, the investigators were able to contact the cell phone company and get a ping off of the call, which is what they try to use to find general locations of where a call was received. Not long after this, they had received several pings, which led them to a wooded area not far from the house. The woods near their house were huge, and this is when police called in more backup. They had helicopters circling the air with spotlights, cadaver dogs, and dive teams searching all of the bodies of water in the woods, but they were unable to find Elizabeth. The investigation then turned towards the last person they knew had contact with Elizabeth, which was six-year-old Emma. This is when Sergeant David Rice of the Missouri State Highway Patrol questioned her. Emma at first told him how her and Elizabeth were playing outside for about an hour when Emma left to walk home, but then changed it to they were playing in the woods when she, meaning Emma, got stuck in a thorn bush and started screaming and crying for her older half-sister Alyssa to come help her. This was when investigators started piecing together that all of the neighborhood kids had been accounted for during the time Elizabeth went missing, all except for Alyssa. So they started looking into her. Alyssa Bustamani was 15 at the time. She was born on January 28th of 1994 in California. Um, She was born to Cesar and Michelle Bustamante, but her mother was an addict and her father was in and out of jail for assault. She had been raised by her grandparents since 2002 when they took legal custody of her and her three younger siblings. This was when they moved to St. Martin's to get away from their past in California with their parents. Alyssa got good grades, good grades in high school, and her friends said she was poetic and funny. She attended youth at her church, the Church of Latter-day Saints. She appeared to be a normal kid, though she did struggle with her mental health and attempted suicide in 2007. After her attempt, she was admitted into a psychiatric hospital for 10 days before she was sent home on antidepressants, Prozac. She also self-harmed by cutting, and she really was like a typical MySpace emo kid who tried to be like edgy and cool on social media by posting things. Um, She would tweet things like, quote, bad decisions make great stories, 
and listed her hobbies on MySpace and YouTube as killing people and cutting herself, which, Um, yeah. That's alarming. Well, I will say. I know a lot of people did that, but it's. Yeah. I think hearing it today, it's unsettling, but at the time, it was more normal. Oh, oh, definitely. And that's what, that's what I, it was like, honestly, I feel that was really common, especially with emo kids. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if. If we were then and you were telling me that, I'd be like, oh, I know, like, five people who do that. Right. But now, like, we've moved in a direction where, like, you can't say things like that. Right. Because people take them very seriously, as they probably should. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, but back then, pretty much every emo kid posted that for, like, shock value. And they tried to, like, say the most outlandish things to mm-hmm. get attention or, like, outdo each other. Yeah. Um, Which 99% of the time were just that outlandish things for attention except for this time except for this time but I do (laughs) want to say before anyone comes for me I was an emo kid and I didn't post stuff like that Uh, my mom would have literally ended my life right then and there but um it was like yeah that was just that was just how people were back in the day um and I guess I still People on TikTok call me an elder emo, so I guess I still am an emo kid. An elder emo. I've not heard that term. Yeah. I'm so not on elder emo TikTok. I, I am on elder emo old kid TikTok. But yeah, while I never posted stuff like that as being an alternative kid, I can assure you that most of the stuff was cries for attention to impress their friends. But like I said, for Alyssa, unfortunately... These were not for attention or shock value. They were actually fantasies of hers. During the investigation, police received a note suggesting Alyssa may have had something to do with Elizabeth's disappearance. And on October 23rd of 2009, Alyssa was brought into the police station for questioning. At this point, the FBI were involved and Elizabeth was still nowhere to be found. As they questioned Alyssa about where she was the day Elizabeth went missing, she said that she had skipped school but didn't know where Elizabeth was. At this point, they weren't too sure that Alyssa had anything to do with Elizabeth's disappearance, but after she walked the FBI agents into the woods and one of the agents saw a small hole, he asked Alyssa about it and she said that she dug it because she, quote, liked digging holes. She is a very odd kid. Yeah, and she said she would put dead animals in the holes which animals she killed yeah i don't know honestly i feel like that's a progression a lot oh yeah like animal abuse animal yeah killing. like kids will post like stupid stuff but if if anybody's hurting animals or killing animals that's serial killer behavior mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying yeah so um they didn't clarify if she liked if if she had killed animals but she Buried the holes for them? Apparently. Yeah. So um, police were like, what the heck? And they ended up getting a search warrant because it was suspicious enough. So um, they got a warrant for her house, specifically her bedroom. And this is when they entered her bedroom and saw writings and drawings all over her walls. One of the writings said, quote, it was written in blood. It was written in blood, which don't get me wrong. I'm not justifying anything else I'm about to say, but. The investigators and everybody else in all these articles were like, wow, like, that's so crazy. Like, made that, like, a focal thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that, that's Bring Me the Horizon lyrics. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a song lyric. It, yeah. And, and like, this was 2009. Bring, uh, it was written in blood. 
came out in like 2008. Bring Me the Horizon is a um, super, well, they were like a super popular um, metal band back during that time. They still are around. They're still a bop. But that one, it just kind of like threw me off. That everybody was like. have known. I mean, I don't know that song, but it sounded like a song lyric. Yeah. Well, that's like, it's the chorus. So that's, again, things people would just write all over Facebook because song lyrics and it sounded edgy. But I just thought it was odd that they were like, this is crazy. Yeah. And it's like, you have the FBI working like you didn't, can't Google bring me the horizon. I don't know. But some of the other things that she had written were super disturbing. Like she had poems um, about cutting herself and seeing blood and liking it, uh, they realized that Alyssa had a fascination with people getting hurt and killing people. She had drawings of people with slash marks to their necks and arms. In particular, um, one had a name next to it, which was Emma, the name of her younger sister. She also had filmed a video on her YouTube of her younger brother trying to get them to touch an electric fence. And she had written on that, quote, this is where it gets good. This is where we get to see my brothers get hurt, end quote. Interesting. Yeah. So this is kind of when everything came into light. When everything kind of came into light and they were like figuring everything out is when they found her diary. Um, She had written about burning down a house that a family was living in. And she also wrote, quote, if I don't talk about it, I bottle it up. And when I explode, someone's going to die. This entry was a week before Elizabeth's disappearance. Her last entry was on October 21st of 2009, the day of Elizabeth's disappearance. Everything was marked out and the only thing left not crossed out was, quote, K, I gotta go to church now, LOL, end quote. It's kind of a weird thing to write in your diary. Yeah. So at this point, they were like, okay, like. You know, they had her at the police station. Her and her grandma went to be interviewed as a probable suspect this time. And then... Her grandma? Or just her? No, she went. The grandma just had to come? Yeah, but I think it was because she was a minor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding correctly and that her grandma wasn't thought to be involved. Yeah, no, her grandma was not thought to be involved at all. Um, So when they were interviewing her... Right before, I guess, or during, I'm not sure. But while they were interviewing her or before they took her in for questioning, sometime then, detectives had used black light. So on her diary, that was all scribbled out. And they were able to make out the words slit and throat. Oh. Yep. And so when they asked Alyssa again what had happened to Elizabeth and added that they had found her journal... Alyssa's entire demeanor had changed and she was visibly like freaking out and shaking. Um, At first, Alyssa said that she had walked Elizabeth through the woods and that Elizabeth fell and hit her head and died instantly. Okay. Yeah, but police... Thanks for not telling us earlier. Right. And of course, they didn't, they didn't buy that. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to. Right. So they, they did show her her journal and asked if Elizabeth's throat had been cut. And this is when Alyssa replied yes. And this, there's a video, and it's, I I mean, I guess, can you link TikToks? 
I saw it on TikTok. I'm sure I could find the YouTube video of it, but it's a TikTok video of the interrogation and or, sp or particular part of the interrogation when they'd asked if, if Elizabeth's throat had been cut when she said yes, her grandma literally like lost it lost yeah like screaming sobbing uncontrollably like and i'll show you the video um yeah. i mean i'm sure we probably can we'll try and if we can't then obviously it won't be in the show notes but i'll yeah. try and put it in there i mean i can only imagine like we've talked about so many times like i can't even imagine finding out that somebody that i loved was a monster mm -hmm. and so for her to have to find out that her granddaughter whom she loves and has cared for for such a long time has this dark side which obviously she knows that she has darkness towards herself mm -hmm. and inside of herself probably because of her parental situation and other things probably too but to find out that that's a different level of like darkness right you know? and and i know i hope i don't make anybody upset by like saying like oh like that stuff was normal but it was. And I don't want anyone to think like, oh my gosh, like her grandparents just let her do that. It, I can assure you 99.999% of the people that were edgelords and posted that kind of stuff for shock value are not and did not go out and kill somebody. So I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, like they should have known. They should have seen the signs. Yeah. And it's like that was literally. And so many people in middle school. Yeah. Dressed the dress, walked the walk, mm -hmm. talked the talk, whatever. Like, there was, like, a group of them at school. Um, and, I mean, sometimes you were like, are you okay? Like, sometimes you would be like... <laughs> the answer's no. You we seem were not. like you're not okay. <laughs> we're but, not. like, I never thought they were going to murder me. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, also, uh, Columbine had, like, a huge play in that, too. Because they were, like, these emo, like, kids. Mm -hmm. But... That's not even true. Like, they were not, like, emo kids. They just dressed emo for one day and shot, like, did that. And then everybody was like, oh, my gosh, like, these alternative, I don't think really emo was a thing back then, but, like, these alternative kids, like, lost it and did this to a school. And it's like, it just gave everybody that stereotype. And I think a lot of people did play into it, like, mm -hmm. trying to be edgy. I think so, too. But I, I just, I don't want people to be, like... I, I just feel horrible for her grandparents, especially her grandma, and I don't want people to try to put any blame on her because I don't think, I mean, clearly she had no idea mm -hmm. that that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even like listening to music or watching movies or whatever, like doesn't mean that you're going to do those things. Like people watch mm -hmm. horror films, that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and cause mass murder. Like right. people take in media and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are that way mm -hmm. so Josie showed me the video and I mean the grandma's reaction is very clear to me that she had absolutely no idea like she definitely thought that the things that she was doing were innocent which like Jill said most of the time they were unfortunately in this situation they weren't but her grandma didn't know that clearly she literally like fell to the floor and was sobbing yeah and I know or I, I don't know if you can make out whenever she went in the hallway, how you heard her like scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she screamed, it's not going to be okay. So I assume probably they were trying to cover her and be like, it's yeah. going to be okay. And she literally screamed like ear piercing that yeah. it's not. And you can hear it with the door closed. So I just. I couldn't make it out, but I could see her saying that. Yeah. Sure. 
And it, it makes me sad because, like, I know a lot of times with some of these people that are, like, caught decades and decades later, we're, like, all, like, did their family know? Did their family not know? You know, how could you live with somebody like that and, and like, not know? But then it makes sense. I mean, these people are, like, literally sociopaths and mm-hmm. are good at hiding that stuff. Yeah, and her grandma probably felt like, you know, they were making progress. Her, she was taking her to church. Mm-hmm. She had friends at church. Yeah. She probably thought that she had good influences. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I feel like she probably just felt like a like a failure mm-hmm. at that point. And that's so heartbreaking because she did she took in It was three... not her job to raise her granddaughter. So exactly. even the fact that she had to do that is I mean, hard on its own, but then to feel like you didn't do a good job. Right. And especially knowing I mean, they knew uh, Elizabeth like they had Alyssa's siblings were the same around the same ages as um Elizabeth's siblings so they all knew each other they all played with each other like this is a population the size of like Hawk Point like had less than 2,000 people or probably even it has less than 2,000 people now it probably had less than a thousand people then, then yeah. so you know just knowing one at this point they still had not found her body so they didn't even know she was dead. Mm-hmm. Finding out that one, she was dead, and two, your granddaughter did it. I just, oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. But when her grandma screamed that in the hallway is, is really when Alyssa broke down and cried in the interrogation room. Uh, and then she proceeded to tell the investigator that she told Emma to go ask Elizabeth to play to lure Lil. Elizabeth out of her house and then Alyssa told Emma to go back to their home and Alyssa said that she wanted to show Elizabeth something and that it was about 15 minute walk into the woods. Alyssa was hiding a kitchen knife and had also dug a grave prior to this five five days prior so she had clearly been been planning this. Yeah. Um At first, Alyssa strangled Elizabeth before ultimately taking the kitchen knife and stabbing the nine-year-old Elizabeth seven times in the chest. And then Alyssa slit Elizabeth's throat and buried her in a shallow grave, covering the site with leaves. On October 23rd, around 3 a.m., Alyssa guided the agents to Elizabeth's body, which was so shallow that some of her body parts were sticking out from the brush. My gosh. After an autopsy was done, it lined up perfectly with what Alyssa had said happened, and they were able to further decipher what Alyssa's last entry was in her journal. It said, quote, I just effing killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them, and now they're dead. I don't know how to feel ATM, which means at the moment. It was amazing as soon as you get over the, oh my god, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, I gotta go to church now, lol, end quote. Oh my god. Yeah. That is utterly disturbing. Yeah, I just... This one might mess me up. Oh no. This one was scary. I'm sorry. It's okay. She's scary though. Oh yeah. And what's so disgusting about all of this is that she has a pretty large fan base and when i say yeah when i say fan base i'm not talking about people that are like oh like 
um, I am intrigued by, you know, um, the John Wayne Gacy case. Mm -hmm. It's like they literally, there's so many fake profiles of her, so many fan accounts that post stuff, like post her pictures, talking about how they love her, how um, they want to be with her, like how beautiful she is. And like, don't get me wrong, like she was a cute child, but still, like, she literally murdered a child in cold blood. I don't think that's the point where you're like, oh, well, guess what? Like, she was, like, a moderately attractive emo kid. Like, let's yeah. fantasize over her. Like, it's disgusting. And still, even, like, you know, this took place in 2009. Still, 2022, there are still accounts posting stuff. Still accounts being made. That is bizarre. Right. And it's like, I know people had done, you know, like the Columbine shooting, like you mentioned earlier, like there's whole like Tumblr threads that are like people making like fantasy things about like being with the Columbine shooters or getting killed by the Columbine shooters, like how it would be an honor and like other ones. so weird. Yeah. And like, those are the people that I'm like, okay, like I understand, like we posted like edgy stuff, like i Literally never done drugs day in my life, but I used to post, like, pictures of, like, me, like, holding, like, a cooking pot, like, with a lighter and being like, hey, guys, like, I'm smoking pot. Get it? Because it's, like, a cooking pot. And, like, that was that was the type of edgy stuff that I posted. And, of course, everybody thought I did drugs, which I didn't. <laughs> so everybody from high middle school and high school, like, I've never done drugs. I don't know why everybody thought I was a stoner, but obviously because I posted, like, random, edgy, stupid stuff like that. But, like, I never was, like, oh, I'm fantasizing over a serial killer. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, their cases. Like people with Ted Bundy, they're like, oh, my God, he was so handsome. No, he was a murderer. Literally. You need to stop. And I wish they How wouldn't have had. disrespectful to those women's family. Yeah. All of their families, because there were so many of them, mm-hmm. that he used his good looks and charm to lure them in and then murder them. Right. Like, let's not celebrate his good looks. That's what got those women killed. Exactly. And, like, there, there's, like, a really popular design that's, like, it's something, like, really gross that sexualizes their crimes mm-hmm. that people, like, post or, like, they put on, like, tumblers and t-shirts and stuff like that. And I'm just, like, you know, that's – that I have – I have true crime merch. That's a little too far to mm-hmm. be sexualizing their, like, horrible crimes. Yeah. Um, And I don't even think that he was that attractive. Don't get me wrong. Zac Efron is fine. I wish they would have had somebody else play him in the movie. But, like, Ted Bundy, mm, maybe back then. But I just don't see why everybody freaks out about how attractive he is. I don't. Yeah. I don't see it. And maybe it's just because I know what he did that I refuse to see him as any sort of attractive person because i feel like he is literally a monster but yeah yeah that stuff just disgusting right so uh, Alyssa was then arrested and charged with first degree murder during her trial uh she was tried as an adult though she was only 15 at the time of the crime after her arrest on november 20th of 2009 Alyssa was taken to the Fulton State Hospital, where they did a psychological evaluation. They said she demonstrated signs of severe depression and anxiety, and she was put on suicide watch while there because she attempted to cut herself with her own fingernails. Her trial began in 2012 when she was the age of 18. She pled not guilty as reason of mental illness, 
and she said that her medication was what made her act on her impulses. She was on Prozac. I don't know. However, that doesn't really add up. You can't say it was an impulse when you had planned it a minimum of five days in advance. Mm -hmm. You had several chances to change your mind. Right. Like, go back to the hospital. Like, Mm -hmm. be like, hey, like, I have these feelings. Like, I need Mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. It doesn't (sighs) seem like she told anybody. So this is not, I don't know. Right. Though Alyssa was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and borderline personality disorder, She ended up accepting a plea deal to lessen her charge from first degree to second degree murder. Alyssa told Elizabeth's family in court that, quote, I can't understand what you guys are going through. I'm sorry for that. If I could give my life to bring her back, I would. And I'm sorry. In February 2012, she was sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years for armed criminal action and was given the possibility of parole after 35 years and five months. Patricia's mom, Elizabeth, felt that the sentence was too light. She said that Alyssa was a monster and she hated everything about her. She also said during the sentencing speech that Alyssa was, quote, not human, end quote, and the judge had to ask her to stop, though I don't I don't blame her for that at all. Um, Why would he ask her to stop? I guess because she was maybe getting too heated, but still, like, she deserves, like, her daughter is, like, dead. Yeah, she'll never get her back. Exactly. And the grandparents said that, Elizabeth's Elizabeth's grandparents, it didn't really say anything about what, like, Karen said at the sentencing. I didn't see anything about it, but Elizabeth's grandparents said that Alyssa should get out of jail when Elizabeth gets out of the grave. So, which, again, oh, it did, it did, one of the things did say that, obviously, the grandparents had, like, a breakdown during the trial, which. Alyssa's or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, really both, but yeah, Alyssa's. Yeah. Patty, then, Patty then went on to sue Alyssa for damages in a wrongful death suit in 2015, which settled for $5 million. And. Who pays that? Yeah, that's exactly, that's what I'm really confused about, because I don't understand where they expect. I know you can make like pennies an hour at prison, like doing like jobs there. Yeah. Still, I don't see how. I do know that like if Alyssa ever, this was part of the trial thing too. If Alyssa ever makes any money off of this story or anything like that. How do you make money off of the story? I like thought, if they make a movie about it, but I don't... I know, but I thought you said before Pam Hupp couldn't make any money off of any of the stuff that's going on because it was a crime. Exactly. And, well, okay, so I think it's simply if they are in prison at the time. I'm not 100% sure, but, like, I know that Pam Hupp cannot make money off of the movie, but she's going to be in prison for the rest of her life. I don't know necessarily, like, how it is, like, if they get out and they, like, write a book about their experience. I'm not sure how that all works or the legal mumbo-jumbo that goes into that. But that was part of the suit that if if any money she makes from this, like, doing an interview or anything like that ever has to go to her family. Uh, has to go to Patty, Elizabeth's family. Mm-hmm. Um. Patty also filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the psychiatric hospital that Alyssa had stayed at when she had attempted to commit suicide. 
She sued them because she said that they should have seen Alyssa's violence and taken more measures and prevented her from being released. However, a judge did throw this lawsuit out, um, but that was for the psychiatric hospital. Alyssa still owes the family $5 million plus interest at a 9% per year until it's paid. But again, I don't, I don't know how people make money or how that works. Um, but I do know that no amount of money will bring back Elizabeth. And it's very unfortunate how this whole thing happened. In 2014, Alyssa had gotten a new attorney who proposed that if she had known of a pending U.S. Supreme Court case that affected how the justice system should handle cases of juveniles and first-degree murder charges, that she wouldn't have taken the bargain and pled guilty. However, her plea was denied. She is currently serving her sentence at the Women's Eastern Missouri Reception Diagnostic and Correctional Center in Vandalia, Missouri, and is eligible for parole in 2027. Wow. Yeah. Soon. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this was a while ago, but it just feels soon. Uh, there's a bill that Missouri is trying to pass called the SB 26 bill that would make Alyssa eligible for parole in 2024. Yes, but Patty, Elizabeth's mom, made a change.org petition to keep her in prison, which has over 3,000 signatures at the time of this recording. Um, Patty is trying to get to 5,000, so if that is something that she would like to sign, I'll have her link it in the show notes. There's an, uh, another couple things I wanted to add about this case, though that really is, like, it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find Alyssa's old prison cellmate on TikTok, who she, they were dating at one point. Okay. Yeah. Um, she said that Alyssa says that she's extremely remorseful for what happened, but... The person that posted it said that they don't really believe her at all, that she's remorseful. So, Oh, okay. I'm t- I see what you're saying. Yeah. So her cellmate said that she thinks it's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, basically. And um, she said, and like, she was like, she said like she was super nice, like, you know, super kind and all that stuff. I think I would be so frightened. Like, yeah. Even if I was a criminal. <laughs> to be, to have be to be bumped with room? that? Yes. Well, yeah, especially because it was like a... Well-known case. I remember seeing her, not her mugshots, but her, um, like, MySpace photos being mm-hmm. posted everywhere. Like, it, and everybody knows what everybody did in prison, so. True. <laughs> right. Mm-mm, the picture does not ring a bell either. We've always been on different sides of the internet. We really have. Yeah. It's, it's a wonder that we're BFFs. I know. We. <laughs> but I guess best friend opposites attract. I don't know. Right, so this podcast can't go on too long because you can't be exactly like me. I'm just kidding. I'm still not like you. I no, mean, I feel like we out. have different opinions a lot. But yeah, yeah, I do. I don't remember this case, and that that picture didn't remind me of anything. But I mean, it's a very interesting story. It's very scary to me. Well, like I don't know, just that it's hard for me to see kids, and like 15 year old to me is still a kid. I mean, you're becoming an adult, but it's just hard for me to think about kids being monsters. And mm-hmm. I know that there are kid monsters out there. It's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, especially, like, working with kids and seeing how even, like, the kids who have quote-unquote behaviors are sweet and thoughtful and, like, I don't know, it's just hard for me. Yeah, and I know, like, the public opinion, we're leaving out the creepy 
fantasy fan art people. Yeah. But, like, the public opinion is very split because, obviously, she murdered somebody in cold blood. But a lot of people take into account she was mentally ill. She was on medication, though I know many people on Prozac, and I've never heard of any of them being like, oh, Prozac gave, like, told me to plot somebody's murder for a week, you know? Yeah. Um, Which, also, getting on medication. Was, well, she plotted it for a lot longer than a week. She just dug the hole. Exactly. You know what I mean? Y- yeah. And so, um, you know, it's like, and, like, and for she- her to say... You know, right now I'm nervous, I'm shaking, but once you get over that part, it's it feels pretty good. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Like that's not an impulse. No. You know what I mean? It's it's like that's telling me that you enjoyed it and you're going to do it again. Right. Which makes me do which does make me wonder if she did hurt animals. Oh, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, for her to say I I bury dead animals, where do you find a dead animal? Right. Because I don't come across a lot of dead animals mm-hmm. even walking through the woods, you know? Yeah. You find bones and things like that but of like small animals but i don't think i've ever come across just like a dead animal sitting there other than like on the road and things like that which i don't see her dragging dead deer off roads and putting them in holes. exactly so yeah i don't know and also like but then again you you'd be surprised if her grandma didn't realize that they went through like 10 cats you know so yeah not sure but it did say that they lived on a rural farming kind of area and the people in rural Missouri that I know that have farms have like 500 cats I hear you but still I mean I'd be surprised if you didn't notice your granddaughter was bringing in blind kitchen knives all the time yeah you know yeah and also I know a lot of people take into account like oh her brain wasn't fully developed which I'm not that's true it is but I still really my personal opinion is I I know I've always gone like light on kids where it's like oh like you know kids are whatever there's a serious darkness here yeah and that's what I'm, it's like it's a different kind of I feel like it's a different kind of feeling how she reacted after the fact mm-hmm. and how she planned it before mm-hmm. and I you know I understand that mental illness obviously like mental illness is a very real thing like I get it I just don't think that in this case you can use it as an excuse to Justify. live a free, yeah, yeah and like live a free life I, f- I feel like at that point I I do think that you should be locked up forever if you if you have the mental capacity to brutally murder a child for literally no reason other than you just wanted to see how it felt yeah I, I agree Okay, so you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you haven't already, please follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And we will see you back next week with another episode. All right, bye. Bye.